0: Well, um, this morning, on my heart, um, this series uh, that I'm, I'm not actually starting a new series in one sense, um, this is going to have a new title, but a couple of weeks ago, we kicked off with a, at our baptism service. Uh, we, I spoke about a, a um, well, I called the title, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And, and really, we're touching on the fact that we need to identify with death and not what's baptism is, is a dying to self. It's where we begin, in a sense, our Christian walk is with death. And in fact, the kingdom of God works very differently. We, we, I sometimes refer to the kingdom of God as an upside-down kingdom. Because in the world, in the natural world, we think very, with very physical limitations. Um, and God's kingdom doesn't work that way at all. Jesus spoke so much about the kingdom, and I've done series on the kingdom, and that's not where I want to go. But it does, it actually is totally upside-down because this world starts at life, for most of us, unfortunately, some. Babies don't get a chance to even get that far. But, I mean, we start with life and then we end, or some people think it ends with death. Well, you know that actually nobody is going to die. Everybody lives eternally. You just get to pick where you want to live in the hereafter. But everybody is going to live eternally. But what we think about life coming to an end, in our natural lives, coming to an end with death um, but I am persuaded, like Jesus says, if you're a believer in him, you do not even taste death. And I've actually watched, I've had the privilege of watching people transition at that time of their life where they sort of step into into presence of Jesus. They start seeing angels, they're seeing Jesus, and they're seeing loved ones that are already ahead of them. So it's kind of fun to watch that because they don't taste it, they just sort of transition. And yes, our body stays here. But you know, when the kingdom, it works the other way around, we start with death. We start with identifying and considering ourselves dead to experience the life that he has for us. And so, um, so this is sort of a follow on of that, that little mini kickoff and this series is just going to be about life. I had, no ki- I had no fancy title to give it. This one is just going to be about life. And I'm, and I'm not just talking about the kind of life that we experience in the natural world where you suck air and you, your heart is beating and you have pulse and blood pressure and you think that that is living or making it through to the weekend or you think that is living. I'm, I'm talking about a, a resurrection life that Jesus gave us. And, and this is going to be a series that's going to be very different. I, I want you to, to be intentional if you want to, let me put it this way, if you open your heart to hear what the Lord says to you, I believe that this could be radically transformative in your life, radically transformative. But I'm going to tell you something. This is not a series that I'm going to be speaking to your head. You are going to hear it with your ears, but it can't stop with your ears. You've got to open yourselves. And, and the Bible talks about this kind of hearing. Um, you know, when, when Jesus said a, lot, a number of things on this, in the parable of the sower, I like what he starts off with that. He says in Mark 4 verse 3, he says, he, Jesus says this, he says, listen. He he calls people's attention, and we're not going to go and teach on the parable of the sower now, but I want you to see how Jesus kicks off this all important parable. And he had said, if you don't get this parable, you won't understand anything. And he starts it off with saying, Listen, behold, a sower goes out to sow his seed. And then in verse 9, he says this He who has ears to hear, hear. We see Jesus using similar words in the book of Revelation. He who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He says there. But there is a difference. Not everybody has got an ear to hear. And so I'm challenging you right out the gate. Do you have an ear to hear what the Lord is saying? Not Shannon. Have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Amen? Okay. Okay. I I trust that you will. In fact, um, he says in verse 24, he says this, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. In the amplified version of that verse, he says this in verse 24, and he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study that you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Now that is a chew on scripture that you should go home, write it down, mark it, get your hot note cards out or your journal and go and look at that with the thought with the amount of thought and study that you give the attention that you give to what you hear is the amount of life that you're going to be able to extract from it and this is the same for anything in this place in fact i've said this before i've said nothing that you hear today will affect you in any way unless you do that unless you take what you hear And you go and you pray and you say, okay, Lord, what do I need to do with what I hear? What do I, and and when the Bible talks about activating, doing, being a doer of the word, it's not necessarily going, I'm going to go and, and, and what works do I have to do? What good works do I have to do? What did Jesus just tell me to do? It does include that, but a lot of times it's application. Most of the time, it's application in how you get your heart and get your heart persuaded. And we're going to touch on that later on this, and because it's just critical. If you want to experience the life of God, now you will see, this is, this is going to be pretty incredible. But again, um, in First Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to read from verse 16, um, here um, Paul writing to the Corinthians says, "'Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom.'" Although it's not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Now a lot of people just stop there, right? They just say, oh, God, you can't imagine what God has, has got for those who love us in the sweet by and But no, no, verse 10, he says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. I'm going to say that again. These things God has revealed through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a, spirit, a person's thoughts except the spirit, the, the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but now listen carefully, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand the things freely given to us. Freely given to us. That we may understand or comprehend the things that have been freely given to us. Okay, These aren't things that we earn, they are freely given to us. And we impart, verse 13, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Now that sounds like a mouthful, right? But listen, this is not intellectual information. So often we've been trained in the West to just uh, listen, listen intellectually. But he says, no, no, no. He says not by, taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. And we interpret spiritual things to those who are spiritual. And then he says in verse 14, the natural person, listen to this, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but himself is judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of Christ so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Sorry, the mind of the Lord. So, but we have the mind of Christ. Amen. So, so here, I want you to just to, to close your eyes a second and ponder that. What did you just hear? intellectual information? Will you press in? Will you make a choice right now to inspire, to, to, to receive what God has speaking to you, to your heart? Yes. Amen. I love that. Amen. Okay, so an upside-down kingdom. Now, the death, there is a scripture here that speaks about physical death and I've, I've had a fair amount of exposure to physical death in my life. Some of you know some of my story and my background. I was... Uh, I was, we were drafted in the military in South Africa. And so you either had to as a, as straight off to high school, you had to go into the military and they just like here, there was different forms of the military. And I went into the medical corps. We, one of our divisions that we had in South Africa was the medical corps, And so um, that's where I ended up. I was trained as in what they call an ops medic. Or we used to call ops medic or an operational medical orderly. And I was sort of trained to be in a combat unit. I was deployed, I was either seconded to different combat units or I was actually deployed to a, a, a red line area we were at war at the time uh, called the Bush War we up in northern part of Namibia Angola there was war, there was uh, Cubans that were siding with the USSR at the time it was in the Cold War era who remembers Ronald Reagan and Maggie Thatcher that was the era that that we were that we were deployed there so I got a, a good taste of death in the physical and and I don't, I don't uh, typically tell some stories about that um, because it was. I can just tell you, I was, I was supernaturally protected. I can tell you because I was a believer. Thank God, I went into a military experience. And on my very first day deployed, I mean, I had been trained. I had been trained medically. I knew how to keep person alive for a while. I mean, under, under certain, I, I had to keep people alive under certain circumstances. I knew what I put in IVs. I used to put in tons of sutures. I used to have, I, I enjoyed my job. I loved, I loved being there in, in the, that field. But it was on my very, very first days. And forgive me if, if you, this is a little bit graphic to you, but I honestly felt that the Lord said I should share this. So is that okay with you? Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize in advance if it's a little, it's a little real. But, but, but on my very first day, one of the jobs I had been deployed to a medical base hospital, and and this was far north. It was far in an area. So. When we, were, when we were actually, we were flown up to a certain place and, and, um, and then we were, ta- we were taken in trucks um, and they were with live ammunition. So we said, okay, we're crossing into the into the red fire area. So here, here's your ammunition. You're going to go. And so we were all sent. And this was just our, our, all of us that we had been finished training. Um, and so we were sent into this place and now we were, okay, so we're on alert. We're sending into, there are landmines, there are different activities and so on. And... Um, <laughs> And so we were deployed. We were sent to this other forward operating base hospital. And there, from there, we were seconded to different units. We were seconded to armored units, mechanized armored units, infantry units. And, and some of us actually had to stay in the base hospital um, because the base hospital needed orderlies. And we were also a pool from which we would be drawn for any operations that were going to go across the line. So we were pulled into different units and things like that. So, so. One of the jobs that we had was when there had been a conflict or when there had been a death, we had to go and deal with the, the body. And so on my very first day as an orderly, when I woke up, they said, Guess where we're going to? We're going to the morgue. There had been there had been a, a, a death, and we had to and we had to go and deal with it. And so I mean, we had, we had been trained. We had been trained in, in dealing with, with uh, corpses and so on and working with doctors and things like that. So part of our job was this body that had been killed in combat was a major. And uh, he, had, he, still, uh, he still had his, all, all his clothes on him. And, um, I, of course, I had, had no idea. Our, our job was to literally remove his clothes from him and do the autopsy with the doctor. So, yeah, no, this is, sorry if it's a bit real, but I came first to first with body parts that had been uh, severed from this man and picking up his head, which had been severely compressed by the concussion of shrapnel. And it all became, as a 19-year-old, it all became very real to me. Right. This is death. Death. No, no, no. This is not what I'm doing, William. This is not what I'm doing. I'm to, I am trying. What I'm. I'm trying to do is underst- You understand that death is, takes on a different flavor because one thing I saw was I saw Jesus come into uh, coming into the scene, and I saw what what where we all end up. And I got to see many after that day. I got to see a lot of death after that day. I got to deal with a lot of death. I got to see people, young young guys that weren't even as old as this major, guys that we we had breakfast with that morning, that were in conflict. And this is just a reality of war. And I salute anybody who's done any service, and that because they are serving their country. Um, and and because listen, freedom ain't free. That's right. right. It costs something. And listen, not all conflict. I know people, some people are pacifists. I am not a pacifist. Because guess what? There are evil people and evil agendas. And the evil people and evil agendas need good people with guns to stop evil people. So I just want to be very clear. And that sometimes has a cost. That sometimes has a cost. And so I thank God for Memorial Day. And I thank God for Veterans Day here that honor people you know, that have gone, that have gone, your soldiers that have defended your, your nation. But but death, I, want to, I say that because it's a little bit graphic, but death is going to happen to all of us. Amen. And it says this in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Since therefore the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same thing, that so through death he may destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver the, all those who through their fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Who through their fear of death were subject to slavery. Most people today live in slavery to the fear of death. We saw this in COVID times. We saw people panicking. I, I, a famous, I saw a news article recently, a very famous uh, talk show host is right now absolutely doesn't want to leave his house. He doesn't want to leave his house. He is terrified of dying from COVID right now he admitted he says i, I can't help it I, I i just have a i, I just I'm, I'm so afraid and i was like you know that's that's a problem because you and i shouldn't be afraid of death Amen. you and i we should be a place where death is, is is not only a reality to us but we know that we're not even going to experience true death Amen. now i know that's super easy to say because, listen, I can tell stories of all of us where we, we're actually facing something and you're like, well, what do I do when I'm going to face it? Well, listen, you see, you, like I said, you, you, can, you are going to face death. Now, listen, the thing about fear. It says the fear of death has been held in slavery. The, as long as you fear something, you are controllable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so uh, yeah. The spirit of Antichrist will be, and I'm, I, I wish I could go into that whole thing of the end times. I just can't do it in this series. This is the Lord put this series on my, on my, on my heart. If you fear, if you allow fear into your heart, you are controllable to that degree. That's right, yeah. If you fear anything, you are controllable. The spirit of Antichrist will use fear in your life to control you, to make your decisions for you. You will. You see, when you, when you are controlled by fear, you will throw everything else out. All reason becomes non-reason because fear and panic sets in. Okay? It's very important to understand this because you think, oh, well, I'm not afraid. Listen, you are. You're a slave if you're, a, you're, if you're enslaved, if you think you're, you're afraid, you're going to die. Because it shows a couple things. It shows you that you don't believe what life you have. And that's what this series is about. Because you have been given life more abundantly than you can even imagine. And, there is, and to lay hold of life and everything that, that touches about it. I, I, I mentioned this the last time. Death and life are continuums. Remember? I said that in my in a couple of series. Now what did I mean by a continuum? I said, I said that a continuum is something that you experience or that's in your heart, like murder or adultery, can be alive in you right now. Jesus said, "If you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery. If you have hatred in your heart towards your brother, it says in the book of First John, you're a murderer. What? That's, that's a continuum because a continuum is that given the right circumstances, like I said, what is H2O? H2O is water, right? So water, but you just have to change the circumstances for it to either be water or to be ice or to be snow or to be sleet or to be steam or to be water vapor. It's still H2O, only the circumstances changed. So when Jesus teaches about the continuum, he says, if you have hatred in your heart towards your brother, you're a murderer. Guess what? You just have to be placed in the right circumstances and that will result, murder will result. And I've seen that. I've seen that first. Up close, very personal. When people say, oh, people are just good in their hearts. No, 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 no. If I I, I I could be graphic, and I got to restrain myself from being graphic, because I should. Those are fireside stories that boys should tell boys. We shouldn't be able to speak like that to ladies and tell people what anger and misery and cruelty that can erupt out of a person's heart. Right. Right. Downright cruelty, yes, and even on your own side. If you think, oh well, it's only the bad enemy on the other side that are going to be cruel. No. No, it's bound up in those hearts of hatred. You think that you're all that in a bag of chips and you'll never commit adultery? I put you in the right circumstances and you've been looking at a woman lustfully. Guess what will happen? None of us are above this. If we've, got to, we've got to learn how to deal with what's inside our hearts. If you want to experience the life of God, and and I've got a lot to say, and I believe it will be super exciting to you and will give you power like you've never experienced before. Okay, so stay with me. But Jesus said this in John 12, and he said this a few times, and I am going to belabor this point, and, and, and we will... We will, we will move along in this series. If you miss any parts of this series, do yourself a favor. Please go back and listen to it. You don't want to. I can hear it a couple of times if you need to. But in John chapter 12, verse 23, Jesus answered them. He said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and it dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life if anyone serves me he must follow me and where i am there will my servant be also if anyone serves me the father will honor him verse 24 25 i know we don't have it on our computer but in the wiest translation it says most assuredly i'm saying to you unless the grain of wheat having fallen into the earth die it remains alone but if it die much fruit it bears he who is fond of his soul life Is losing it and he who is hating his soul life in the sphere of this world with a view to the life eternal is preserving it safe and unimpaired it's pretty strong words now these are Jesus's words and I want you I've got to just kill that sacred cow for those of you who want to just ignore Jesus's words and say well Jesus lived in only in the Old Testament and we just have to ignore his words you're sincerely deceived He did, he was born under the law, he was raised under the law, but Jesus taught what everything he said, he manifested the father and the truth of the father. We listen very intently to what Jesus said, but we do have to understand, we have to understand how it affects the new covenant and how the new covenant affects us. Okay, that's a whole nother series, right? We've got to understand the new covenant. Sometimes we do have to pass a few things, what Jesus is saying through the new covenant. Amen. But now let's look at Matthew chapter 10, similar. Verse 34, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. Pop that balloon of you who say, Jesus came so we could have peace on earth. No, he didn't. This is his words. They're in red. He says, I never came to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to set man against his father and daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Man, I I can't get distracted. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Luke 14. Now, I'm going to pull all these together because there's, there's nuances in these ones that are similar, but they're not the same thing. Luke 14, 25, now great crowds accompanied him and he turned to them and said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. (coughs) Now, that word cannot, because this is repeated three times in the passage I'm about to read. I studied that, looked it up. The word cannot is two Greek words, is impossible, is an absolute negative to be, and then the word is dunamis, is able to. He is not capable or able of being a disciple. Not Jesus isn't going to approve you as his disciple. You, if you're not willing to hate your life to that degree, to reject your own life to that degree, you cannot be his disciple. So I'm saying to this: be very. We've got to understand. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, it costs you everything. Everything. You cannot be my disciple. Verse twenty-seven: "He who does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot." And he says the same word again: "Be my disciple." For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock, saying, This man begins, began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in will will not sit down and deliberate, deliberate with him, whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him and who comes against him with 20,000? If not, while the other is yet a great boy, if he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all, all that he has cannot be my disciple. You've heard me say this before. There's a big difference between being a student and a disciple. And I'm going to say this, clarity, not everybody, I believe there's a narrow road and a wide road. And I'm not saying you have to be a disciple to go to heaven. You get to choose if you will be a disciple. You, I think it's a whole lot easier to make it to heaven. But is that all that you want? Because I tell you, what, that's what the church has taught The church has taught you all of the parables were about making it to heaven. And as long as you can make it to heaven and just make it to heaven, you're going to see that Jesus never said that you're just going to make it to heaven. He came with promises that you can have life. You can have eternal life. Jesus didn't say, I have come so that you can make it to heaven. And we've grossly understood the difference. And you want to know why we're not experiencing life in its fullness? Is because we haven't understood what life is. Matthew, Matthew 16. I'm going to say it many times in this series. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come, come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever uh, would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? So here, (laughs) and again, and again, Mark 8. That's earlier than, uh, yeah, Mark 8 here it says. um, And he called the crowd, his disciples, and said to them, If anyone who come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? And what can a man give in return for his soul? I'm so tempted to jump ahead. I'm going to say things many different ways in this series. Keep your hearts switched on. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Luke 9. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily... Daily, daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? You see, what we're talking about here is lordship. When we get saved, we say, "Will you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Most Christians... Don't really make Jesus the Lord of their life. Like Hindus, they just sort of make him one of their gods. Right next to whatever their favorite sport program is or whatever their hobbies are. Jesus becomes a hobby that you're sometimes willing to give a whole hour for once every month or so. You may make it to heaven. I don't know. That's not my decision. That's not the point. If you that, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not preaching my opinion here. You do realize that, right? I am reading the Bible. Amen. Remember, the Bible, God's word, is its entirety. God is, Jesus is the Logos, and everything has to be taken into you, as you hear me say so often, in context with everything that he says. But Lordship, what does lordship mean? Lordship means that you choose to surrender. Now remember daily, you, you choose to surrender your opinions. Yep. Yes, you have an opinion, but what does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? How about this one? You surrender your need to be right. Come on. How about this? Your culture. But my culture says this. What does the Bible say? We are often, you've heard me say this before. I grew up in a culture. I've been exposed to many cultures. I love cultures. But we're normally blind to our own culture. We think the whole world sees everything because that's the culture you were raised in. When you come to Jesus, you abandon your culture and you become a citizen of heaven. You choose to say, Lord, Lord. Jesus. Didn't Jesus say that? He said, why do you say Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I tell you? So don't call Jesus Lord unless you actually mean it. Be honest with yourself. It's okay. He still loves you. (laughs) Let me just set that tone right here because I feel like he loves you. His love will never change towards you. Never change. You are loved. The goal in Christianity has never been to be loved or to earn love. You cannot earn His love. His love is free. It comes by grace. And you are as loved as much now as you will ever be loved. As much as you will ever be loved. You cannot earn more of His love and more of His acceptance. Okay, so I just want to say, you get, you be willing to surrender your opinions, your need to be right, your culture, your traditions, which not necessarily your culture. You pick up traditions. You create traditions. We love traditions. Oh, I just do this. It's just tradition. Are you willing to examine your traditions? Are they even, are they even willing to come up before you? Listen, this doesn't all happen at once, Right traditions and then your religion of course we've all got religion we've got religious roots on us we've got ideas about what says what the pope says or what this person says or what that person says and what this per- listen you've got to be willing to say who is am i going to listen to am i going to listen to jesus or <laughs> am i just going to follow my own way so that is what dying to self is all about when Jesus says, are you willing to surrender your life? He is talking about your, these things. These are things that you are willing to surrender. And guess what? That's not going to happen. That's going to happen your whole life long. That's why it's a daily experience. It's a choice that you make in your heart when you choose to walk a road of life. If you want to experience life and life abundantly, it's a choice that you choose to say, I know he loves me. I know he's given everything for me. I choose that he I choose to believe the truth that he is good. That because he wants the best for me, I'm going to embrace his way of seeing things. I'm going to believe, I'm going to I'm going to persuade my heart with his view and opinion of reality. I'm going, to, I'm going to allow him to determine these things instead of me. My brothers and sisters, the time is now. Too long. Have we been dormant and inefficient and playing church games? Do you want to experience the life and power of God in your life? Do you want to be a piece of of that? Then stay tuned. Listen to what God's saying to you because he has called us. He's always called us into life. His life. To be distributors of his life. And we'll, we'll get to that. You've got to allow Jesus to be the truth, right? You've got to let his truth be the truth. You know, this, this life, this is coming to Jesus. In fact, let me just go to John 1, chapter uh, Yeah, the first chapter of John. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word, uh, sorry, sorry, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. Now, often when people quote the scripture, they reverse it. In him was light, and his light was the life of men. You will see in this series that light and life are not the same thing. Jesus is light and brings light, but life is experienced in a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. He is life, and when you experience life, you will understand light. And I'm going to endeavor to just stay with me, okay? Hear these things and let the Spirit of God interpret it for you. I don't claim to know it. I'm on a journey with you. Okay? It says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not. Now, this is an interesting word. Overcome it, it says in the ESV. Has not overcome it. In the Young's Literal, it says, the darkness did not perceive it. Darby's Darby's translation says, the darkness and the darkness apprehended it not. The Amplified Classic of verse 5 says this, "Uh, the light shines on in the darkness for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, absorbed it, appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. The darkness has got no power against. It cannot stand against. It cannot apprehend. Darkness cannot apprehend life. That word is kata lambano. You've heard me talk about lambano many times. It means to receive. It's an active word. There's other words of receive. I'm not talking about passive getting given. As I'm, I'm talking about actively taking unto yourself is the word lambano. You've got to be, you've got to, to lambano something from God is a free gift. I've got to lay hold of it and bring it into myself. That's what the Greek word lambano is. This word is similar. It's kata lambano. But it's, 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 it's to lay hold of, to make one's own. Listen to this, to attain, um, to seize upon, to take possession of. It's of Christ, of his holy power, influence, laying hold of the human mind and will in order to prompt and govern it. To detect, to catch, uh, to understand, perceive, comprehend. So that's why different translations put this word differently. Darkness cannot appropriate it. Darkness cannot appropriate it. When we walk in darkness, and, and there's so many New Testament scriptures that talk about walking in darkness. And how we lie when we get to First John and see how we lie unto ourselves. Because we say, oh yeah, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. But if, we lie, if we're lying to ourselves, because we, we're walking in darkness. Darkness cannot apprehend it. Darkness cannot apprehend life. It cannot even see it. It cannot perceive it. It can't, cannot lay hold of that which is yours. John three, you know the scripture so well. John three, sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but go to heaven one day. That's how it's been taught. No. But have eternal life. Jesus never came to give you um, to, to to take you somewhere. He saved you to give you something. And that thing is called life, eternal life. Who is life? Jesus, right? We just said it in that thing. Jesus said, I, in him was life. In him was life. And in verse it carries on and says this in John, in John 7, uh, 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. We're going to come back to that one. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And then in verse 7, it says this, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know me and have seen him. Coming to Jesus in a personal way is where we're going to experience life. But you know what we're okay with in the West? We're okay with information about Jesus. We're just, okay, you, you cannot have a relationship with information. Oh, I love the Word of God. Yes, you should love the Word of God, but you love the Word of God, not because, oh, I just got this Bible that I'm going to just snuggle. No, it's not. You understand the difference. I was going to get to it next week, but John, I think it's John 5, 39 he says, he says, you think that you're going to experience life by the words. He says, it's not these words, it's me. Yeah. You, you, he, these, the words from the Bible, the words of truth that we see are the light unto our path, right? His, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But guess what? I don't snuggle up with the path. Oh, I just love the path. Isn't the path wonderful? Isn't it just so? But that's what we do in the West because we're satisfied with information because information doesn't change anything. Right. Information is necessary, but I've got to experience life. Yes. I've got to use the information. I've got to let the life, uh, the light, the light of the information, the light can lead my way. But guess what? I am... Become when we get into the talking about the union with him and experiencing that, that is so that's where intimacy lies. Yes. Right. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop with information. Where is it leading you? Is it leading you into a relationship with Jesus? I'm telling you, this is if you want to escape fear from no matter what is coming. You can live in such a place where, where, where you know death and you've actually died to self. You know how to put things to death. And we're going to teach about that this, season, this series. To die to things. How you can put things to death. Because you know you will experience bit by bit, piece by piece. Every time you experience death, you will see there's a resurrection. Yeah. And that life will bring you to the place where you've got no fear of death anymore. You don't care about because you've got life in you and life is going to exude out of you in a very real and very practical way. We have got to get to that place. I'm telling you because otherwise you will just be subject to fear. You will be subject to fear, and no matter what comes your way. I'm so afraid of the economy. Ooh, I better prep. I've got to do this. Uh, get more bullets and beans and candles and whatever else you want. So, like, whatever, you know, it's like, listen, guys, so what? You know what? These are distractions. We've got people dying and going to hell, but you're saving up bullets and beans for the one day sweet by and by that's never coming. You're wasting money out there when we're trying to educate children here. There are too many distractions keeping us distracted because we just, oh, let me go and follow that little. Stop, wake up and smell the coffee. Jesus has got life for you. And if you want to embrace life, it's your choice. But it's something that you have to choose, and it's something that you're going to have to choose daily. You cannot be his disciple unless you're willing to die. To your opinions your religions, your views, the way you see the world. You have got to be willing to die. Otherwise, life cannot. The life that you have been given is inside of you. If you're a believer, I promise you the life is in you that you don't even know. But you know what? The devil is happy for you not to know about it. Goodness gracious. My phone is talking to me. That is so weird. I have never had that happen. I'm kidding. Sorry about that. I was like, "Who's talking?" I mean, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Jesus has abundant life for you that we haven't even plumbed, we haven't even scraped the service of us because we're playing church games. If we want to experience life and lay hold of what is truly life, there's only one It's laying hold of these, this thing, this thing with Jesus. It's going to cost you everything. Everything. But you know what? We try and keep that old man alive because we're convinced God can't give us pleasure. We are so persuaded in pleasure and about our little American dream and our white picket fence or whatever your pleasure is that you keep as much of him alive as you can possibly do. I'm telling you, you've gotta be willing to see how much God loves you, embrace truth, embrace life. That is your choice. And now's the time to decide because I tell you if you don't choose if you don't choose to it then anything else you may as well just stay home for the next well actually just stay home I don't know however you want <laughs> it's just like if you don't want if you don't want you will not hear what he has got to say because you've heard me teach the Shammai in Hebrew you've got to be willing to obey for you to even hear if something is confusing you it's because you do not have a heart to hear. You've already decided. That's what you, People will not hear what they don't want to do. That's right. But if you want to hear, if you want to experience life, then let the Spirit of God interpret these spiritual truths to you. Let Him be the interpreter. It is a journey, I promise you. It's a journey that we will walk on till the day we are with Jesus, until the trumpet sounds, maybe in our lifetime, and we meet the Lord in the air. It's a journey question is that you've got to decide and close your eyes right now the question is now what do you choose because i'm not making you walk a road and saying raise your hands i i i don't i i i i want to implore you like paul said to the corinthians be reconciled to him choose his way jesus knows the difference jesus is the one that wants the best for you Jesus wants for you to experience everything that he has given you already. But the choice is yours. The choice is thank you for your great love for us thank you spirit of God that you are ministering to hearts even now hearts are opening to you to allow your light to enter that light will lead you to his life whatever form of death you've been experiencing in your life Jesus wants to bring life to that. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's sickness, no matter what form of death is in your heart and in your life, Jesus is the author of life and He wants to breathe life into you. He wants, let me put it this way, He wants you to experience the life that's already in you. It is already in you. If you're a believer, if you don't know whether you're a believer, then right now is the time just to respond to that call in your heart and just say, yes, Jesus, I surrender to you. I surrender to your Lordship. I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Show me, Holy Spirit, what that means. I choose to have ears to hear what you're saying. I choose to hear what you're saying. I want to know your life. I want to experience you. you if that's a choice in your heart Jesus will meet you there you can mark the date when you make that choice I can promise you in one year from now you can look back and look at how your life has changed but it is going to be a daily decision your life will be radically different it will be radically different not only outwardly mostly inwardly because the outside flows automatically from the inside Your life will be different You will experience a peace You will experience a joy. You will experience a fulfillment like you have never even known yet No matter how old you are no matter how smart you think you are how long you've been a believer I promise you, you haven't plumbed the depths of God. If you choose this life, I promise you this too, you will be motivated to be a distributor of life, a life dealer. You will be an instrument in his hands for the kingdom at such a time. But that's what will happen. I'm just telling you automatically. The choice is just this. What do you do today? What do you choose right now? And that will be a daily thing. Father, you know the hearts here. You know each one of us. You know my heart through and through. My faults, my failures, my shortcomings. Father, I surrender. Because we want what you have Lord we're alive at such a time as this for such a reason as this so Lord we embrace that we embrace your life to you is all the glory Let your name be exalted in the earth sense it. It's just wonderful. I just I sense the Lord you're allowing Him to minister into your hearts and I'm so grateful for your hearts that are open. I can only tell you that God is grateful when you open up your heart to Him because He is the shepherd the overseer of your soul. Thank you Thank you, Father, that this walk with the Holy Spirit is a step-by-step, moment-by-moment journey to experiencing you. I release that freedom to you, that liberty to you, that rest to you. Some of you are on certain medications that you don't want to be on going to challenge you. I'm not saying throw those medications away, but the Lord might speak to you about stopping a medication. Use wisdom, but don't just ignore that voice. Respond to that. Your medication might start making you sick. You may have to go back to a doctor and be taken off a medication just simply because you're starting to let life into you. Amen. There's many things you can lay hold of. There's not just because I've spoken a word about medication. It doesn't matter what sickness, it doesn't matter what thing is in your heart. I'm telling you, there's a grace for you to reach out and lay hold of that. His grace is there. It doesn't go just because we're here in this service, it's because you're responding to truth, eternal truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just let you do your work and continue the work as we lean in our hearts, open our ears to hear what you're saying to us. In Jesus' name, Lord, we just worship you and give you all glory. We give you all honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's so hard to finish a service like this because they don't really finish. This doesn't finish, so just take this life. Don't shut down your heart. Just hear what he's saying. Listen to this as many times as you need to. I encourage you: download the MP3 if you need to, or whatever. Listen to it. Listen to what God is saying to you. Take copious notes. Go and study those scriptures. Read them till they bounce, they come alive. To the I gave you a bunch of scriptures, and this is going to happen through this series. Amen. Go in the grace of God and know that you are completely loved. If you do not, if you're online, you, can, you know you can text the word prayer to our texting church number and we'll get back with you. But if you're here and we've got, work, we've got our prayer team right here, you're welcome to. They're before service, after service. Amen. Amen. They're always here. Keith has got, like T said, healing you at 5 p.m. But I want to encourage you, take hold of life. Amen.